Okay, here we go. The Pen and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Pen and Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. Welcome to the Pen and Mikey Show. All right. Yeah, start with a little quick joke here, guys. Uh, Bill Smith is here, of course. He's uh, the wizard of stuff. Yeah. Uh, ben Kitchen's here. He's he's a, basically a lackadaisical ne'er-do-well millennial. Are you I, a millennial? I Technically, yeah. I'm. Uh, Tony, I just make the cut. I'm Tony Lazeri, <clears throat> famed Murderers Row member from the New York Yankees. You might remember me along with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, how great we were back then, huh? My nickname in the major leagues was Push Em Up. Push Em Up was, of course, uh, uh, mostly by the Italian-speaking fans who were fans of me, Tony Lazeri, because I'm Italian. Uh, it came from a mistranslation of an Italian phrase meaning to hit it out, like hit a home run. So they called me Push Em Up. <laughs> and they, they later named a bra after me. You might remember that. Uh, by the way, not to brag, but me, Tony Lazeri, your host, uh, was one of only 14 major leaguers to hit for a natural cycle in the big leagues. That's the single, double, triple, and home run right in a row in that order. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And by the way, in that game, I completed the cycle with a grand slam. I also held the American League record for most RBIs in a game with 11 in one game. <laughs> Two grand slams in that one. Grand salamis, because then again, I'm Italian. Sad news about me was... I died at the age of 42 from a what the coroner said was a heart attack, but I know better. I know it was actually an epileptic seizure, and that's what killed me, Tony Lazeri, your host of this podcast. <laughs> Pleasure to have you here, Tony. Uh, I know. Started off with a real bang. Well, look, <laughs> now, now, Good but, Lord. <laughs> now don't you know everything about Tony Lazeri? Everything. See? Yep, now we do. And the Italian people in the Italian community will think we are paisan. Uh, hold on. I have a question for Italians. What's that? Oh, boy. Hold on. <clears throat> I didn't it, even do my joke yet. Is it sauce or is it gravy? <laughs> it's gravy. It's always gravy. I've heard arguments over the years. Uh, so here's my joke. What has $50 million and three legs? Ready? Paul McCartney's ex-wife and her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Ah. Oh, Push him up. <laughs> Push him up. There we go. Speaking of Italians, next week, John Fiore makes his triumphant return to our table. Our Gigi. Little, our card table <laughs> with an ashtray full of roaches. Hey, we can ask him, <clears throat> sauce or gravy? Well, he'll know. Yeah, yeah it's gravy. It's always been gravy, as far as I know. You know. Anyway, uh, John Fiore. Probably one, probably one of those things where Italians in Italy call it sauce. I don't know. Sure, they they trim. No, we call it gravy. You know, we'll find out. Who gives a shit? shit. John, John would You're know. Right. It's all. It's up to you. It's which neighborhood you live in. You remember Wednesday in the north end of Boston is Prince Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Fiore, who John Fiore, who's he, you know, he's had an interesting career. He was in a movie with, uh, what was her name? Uh, Julia pretty, Roberts. Pretty, yeah. With her, and he only talked about it after. I said, what was Julia Roberts? He said she, she had a big ass back then. ass. <laughs> and then he had her, he had her confused with someone else. He's funny. Anyway, he played Gigi Sistone, the capo in The Sopranos, who died on the toilet. He also, he's been in The Brotherhood and all that. But he'll be in next week. In, Law and in, Order. And you know who will have a fistful of questions for him? This guy right over here, Ben Kitchen. Oh. Yeah, he's been cooking up questions. Full fistful. Questions he cooked up in the kitchen. 
Hey, thanks to Jim Lonborg. We had a million hits on the uh, Lonborg uh, podcast episode 41 last week. Thanks for that. Uh, have you guys ever noticed that I have an affinity, and it's not a gay thing because I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a heter- heterosexual, uh, for I do, I do like Red Sox pitchers. I get along with them. Okay, Dick Raddatz, one of my best friends ever, yeah. came, came to my wedding. The monster. He loved me. We were pals. First major leaguer I ever met. He's a Red Sox pitcher, right? Uh, Eckersley, he and I are famously friendly. Uh, Louis Tiant. God, I mean, Louis Tiant. I love Louis. Every time he sees me, he goes, hey, boy. Gives me a big hug. <laughs> the thing is, when he hears my, my story of me facing of Louis Tiant, did you hear it? Of course. I've heard all your stories. You've heard all of them? All of them. Oh, then just leave Hold now. on. I haven't, I haven't heard that story. I want to <laughs> you hear haven't? it. You right? haven't? No, no. Okay, I'm in fantasy camp 87. I'm 30-something, and it's fantasy camp. You know, and these are major leaguers on the mountain. Louis facing me. The only time I ever got to face a major leaguer in the end of the camp was the final game, and here's Tion throwing me curveballs. And he was in his 40s then, right? So he could still throw a good curveball. And I swing. 40s, I, maybe 50s. I'm swinging at the, like, way out in front of it. I'm thinking, he's going to throw a fastball. No, no curveball, bloop, I'm way in front of it. Like, I missed it by a foot and a half to the front. I said, oh, God, that was so awful. He's going to throw the same pitch. So he did. He did. And, and I... Tried to hold back. I was this time maybe a half a foot in front of it. I still looked like an idiot. I mean, still looking like a fool, right? And I go, okay, it's coming again. You know it's going to, because he knows. He's seen how helpless I am. He's going to throw the same. And you're determined to hit this ball. Yeah. Okay. Throws the third curveball, and I wait as long as I can, you know, because I'm gearing for a fastball. I hit it off my fists. Little pop-up. Doyle at second base runs in to make the catch on the pop-up. <laughs> I mean, it was a weak little thing. So, isn't, isn't that more embarrassing than just striking out? So I'm the third out of the inning, so Louie's walking off the mound, and I walk right by him, and I go, I go, Louie, you throw me the same pitch three times in a row, and I pop it to Doyle. He goes, you lucky you hit the fucking ball, man. <laughs> and I thought, that's... That's the competitive nature of these guys, you know. I mean, honestly, they, they, we're not—we're amateurs. They don't want us even touching the ball. Is Louis going to be a guest with us some night? I'd love to get him on. You know, uh, the thing is, oh, you almost have to see him when he's talking to understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, we can't, it we helps. can't have subtitles on the show. It helps a lot to be able to see him and have him in the room. But yeah, I, I'd love to have him. On. I'll try to get him on. Yeah, Louis Tien. Anyway, Bill Lee, you know, Lomborg. All these guys are like people I like a lot and we're friends. And it's like for some reason. Uh, it's the pitchers. I, I mean, I've got friends who are hitters, too, on the team. You know, Rico's a good friend. But I don't know why. The pitchers are a little weird, you know, a little dicey mentally and, and funny. And where, where did it go wrong? When did you stop liking them and having these relationships with them? Who? The Red Sox pitchers. When did I stop liking them? Well, because you don't like David Price. Oh, well. You don't like Porcello. First of all, David Price is a big fucking <laughs> pussy. Here we go. <laughs> That's why. That's why I don't like him. Plus, he badmouthed my friend, Eckersley, and fuck him. Oh. Okay, Clemens. What about him? He's a cheater. He did steroids. All right. Don't like him. I, actually, I, I got along good with him. I did a, I filmed a piece with him down at his chicken restaurant. He had Warwick, Rhode Island. This is like in the 90s. He gave you free chicken? He opened up, he opened up a Roger Clemens <laughs> chicken restaurant. You know, Kenny Rogers had one, too, right? <laughs> so I'm at the... The Roger Clemens chicken. They said, go interview Clemens. He's coming in. It was during the strike. So he had a lot of time to come into the restaurant. And I said, well, take me on a tour, Roger. We mic'd him <laughs> up. And he showed me. You know, they had the rotisserie things going around with all the chicken. He goes, he goes well, this is, here, this is here where they cook the chickens. He says, it's all, you see, going around and around, and the juices drip down in that pan there. And he's just telling me, I'm watching a rotisserie. <laughs> thing. This is interesting, you know. 
uh, he had it didn't it didn't last long. By the way, that, that restaurant closed. You know, Why Kenny Rogers surprised? had better chicken. There's no, there's no question <laughs> about it. But no, he was nice enough to me. You know, and I don't. But anyway, pictures. That's what that's what we're talking about here. Oh, by the way, I want everybody to know. You know, we talk a little bit about betting on this program sometimes, mm-hmm. a little bit. If we're paid enough. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the I did a little betting. I don't think you're kidding one bit, Mike. Not, and I, when I say betting, I didn't make the bed. <laughs> betting with a T. Oh. Uh, and I got to tell you, I tripled my bank in the first week of the NFL season. Damn. Mike I popped eight. in a bank. I tripled it. And here's how. Let me just tell you this. Because I'm so happy. <laughs> I may buy a new Grand Marquis. <laughs> uh, new Orleans? I, I didn't go with the spread on this one bet. I went with New Orleans, New England, Dallas, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Seattle, and Philly, just all to win. Because they seemed to me like very reasonable. Boom, they all came in, you know, bang, bang, boom, there's money in there. I, then I did the spread. I did a, a, uh, a spread thing with the Patriots and the points in the under. Bingo. And I want to thank Matt Chatham for tweeting out, <laughs> take the under, like a thousand times. Take the under, which I did. And I wouldn't have even thought of it, but I took – I took the parlay there, big hit for me, and uh, with due props to Matt Chatham uh, for a great week. Now, what I'm going to do on this podcast, if you guys don't mind, is I'm going to give, we used to call it the lock of the week or something, but I'm going to, in honor of my Jewish friends, I'm going to call it the locks of the week. (laughs) 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 With a schmear. Are these uh, are and, these like Mikey's picks? Is that they what are, yeah. and this is for this upcoming week. And this, I'm I'm guaranteeing this. Okay, so me, you're gonna be. Like- that doesn't mean I'm gonna come pay all your bets if you lose. All I'm saying is, in my own mind, I will do something stupid on next week's podcast. Is this is why don't. you're wearing that that Johnny Carson type turban right now. You're gonna be like Nostradamus. And- <laughs> oh, when he did the Karnak, the Magnus. Yes, that's it, the Karnak. Thing. Oh, the best one he ever did was he pulled the put the envelope up to his eyes. You know, he used to put up those forehead Johnny Carson. And he said he'd give the answers, and then they'd give the question afterward when we open the envelope. He'd say, Macintosh. Uh, hold on. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. What is it? Uh-oh. Oh, no. I just lost oh, the, the punchline. Hold on. No, no. <laughs> oh, here it is. Okay. He, he goes, Macintosh, Ford Pinto, Dolly Parton. Opens the envelope. <laughs> Name an apple, a lemon, and a pear. Uh- you know, that see this is in nineteen seventies humor. So. Wait. God, I thought you had such a mental block there. I forgot where I was. That was good. All right, locks of the week. Oh yeah, sorry. See, I'm a little sometimes I digress. The, the, these are the five teams you're gonna want to pin your hopes on this week, okay? And I won't give them any specific order. You guys deal with the spread yourself, but uh, this these are just winners. I wish I had a drum roll right there. <laughs> this is the way I won big money this past week, was by just picking winners without picking the spreads. And when I do the spread, by the way, I do a teaser, so it's never minus six and a half. It's always teased up or down. The Ravens, take them. The Vikings, take them. The Chiefs, yes, take them. The Pats, well, (laughs) just to win, the spread's 18 points. Of course they're going to beat the freaking Dolphins because the Patriots look like they're not going to lose a game for the entire year. They, you know, they, you realize they won that game without Gronk. They won it without AB. They won it without Van Noy. You know, they, and their defense just crushed. They've given up six points in the last two games, and one of them was the freaking Super Bowl. The Pats' defense is just at its peak right now. So take the Pats and take the Dallas Cowboys. You can put those together in a five-team parlay. 
win yourself some nice money just by picking them all as winners. You know, uh, that's my, that's my, those are my, what are they called? Locks. Locks. Now, Ben has written those down. and Oh, we're, we're keeping track. And we'll, we'll compare them track. to a... Right, yeah. right. Now, uh, what time is it? Is it 7 o'clock? I told Space... We taped these uh, a couple of days in advance. It's 7 o'clock. Let's go, why don't we get Spaceman on the phone right now and do... Because I got more treats for you guys coming up, but I got a, something really important I got to talk to him about, and that's, <laughs> that's the firing of the Red Sox general manager... You know, and I'm sure that Bill probably agrees that we'll find out in a couple seconds here. Uh, the Red Sox are now playing out the string. They've embarrassed themselves with the biggest payroll in all of baseball, a, ba- a payroll that was under the auspices of one Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski uh, is is without a job as we speak today, and they buried that story, Ben. They buried it over the weekend of Patriot glory. Yeah, Patriots dealing with the the – Antonio Brown news of acquiring him, and during the what was it during the uh, pregame ceremony yeah. for the opening <laughs> night for the Patriots? It's like, yeah, thanks. As if people in Boston cared, they wanted him to be fired. They were advocating for him to be fired. They and they hid from it like they were the Bruins firing Claude. Well, well it's like if somebody gets hired to uh, to run a baseball team and then spends more money than anybody else, and that's their job is to is to try to you know. And they win a championship. Well, they did. Oh. Billy, is this Bill Lee, baseman? Yeah, uh, stand by, Mr. Lee. You're going to be on the podcast <laughs> in just a second here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's uh, Bill Smith and Ben Kitchen and yours truly, Planet Mikey Adams, with the spaceman. Space, how are you? I'm good. Did you have a nice barbecue? I did. I had a uh, beautiful ribeye, very tender with blue cheese. I love and, ribeye. Uh, ribeye is pepper, the... and uh, yeah, I'm. I got a red wine going. Uh, the only day I'm home this week, so I'm really happy. You know, the great thing about ribeye is they're 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 so tasty because they're fatty and marbly, like my all my ex girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a ribeye guy. This one was really tender and cooked perfectly, and uh, had a beautiful day up here. You know, it's clouding over, and we're going to get 80 degrees and thunderstorms for my drive to St. Catharines, Ontario, for the Ferguson Jenkins uh, golf tournament. Oh, you're going up to play with Fergie? I play with Fergie and uh, Willie Wilson. Uh, you know, it used to be Meadowlark Lemon and a lot of the old, you know, Hamilton Tiger Cats, Angelo Mosca. Yeah. You remember Joe Cap when they got into the fight on the stage at Hamilton? Yeah. Was he Canadian? <laughs> one of the great fights uh, for old men. One guy hit one with a cane and... Joe Cap hit him with a right hook, knocked him right off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we talk about uh, a little bit about the the dent in uh, Justin Verlander's chin, and I know that that's a, a nipple mark from Kate Upton. But the dimple in Dave Dombrowski's chin, wh- where'd that come from? That comes from him and Sparky Lyle. They both sit on corners of bars, and at about 3 in the morning, that's the first thing that hits the bar. And that dimple mark is right there at the corner of the bar. At least that's that's what Sparky Lyle told me. Sparky, uh, you. So, what do you think of Dave Dombrowski's exit? Now, first of all, the one thing we know is that he spent more money on his players than any other general manager spent on on their players in the rest of Major League Baseball. A lot of money. Because the owner has more money for him to spend. You know, it's like spilling a beer for John Henry. The guy can corner any market at any time. You know, 
if I was him, he and I ought to go into the soybean market up in Canada and the pigs, and uh, we can deal with China without the tariff that Trump puts on it, and we'll make a billion. <laughs> Off pigs? Yeah, on pigs. I'm Whoa. telling you. I, it's amazing. That's why I got bull legs, because pigs <laughs> can run through my legs. <laughs> well... I forgot what I was going to say. I'm so all right. So, but the Browns, yeah, that's the, I'm going to quarter the market on pigs. The Red, <laughs> the Red Sox are playing out the string. You had to do that a few years with the with the the Red Sox when you were playing. But you know, generally speaking, your teams were in it. What is there? Is there anything worse than having to play the last couple of weeks of September with no reason? Well, I never played on a team that didn't finish in the money. I was first, second, or third. I never played on a team below 500. You know, I was blessed. This team got off a terrible start. You know, Carfano died, and, and ball players I always said, are like canaries in a mine shaft. They got a whip of the gas, and they all died, too. They didn't come out of spring training good. Their starting pitcher didn't work hard, you know, and uh, they just didn't pitch. Porcello made so many tough, bad pitches, you know, this year, and he's, he's a good pitcher. And uh, just had a rough time. And, uh, you know, Erod's the only one that, that really has shown his salt, everything else that they wanted. The kid they got from Baltimore was a wash. That's why Dombrowski, I think, went down, basically because of that uh, long-haired guy that didn't want to go with the Yankees because it was in his contract not to shave his beard. Who's that? Andrew Cashner. Oh, oh, Cashner, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, the one that yeah, looks like a exactly lumberjack. Right. You know, he's got a good changeup, but he walked three in a row. And I mean, you saw it in the games just before the Yankees came in. They had to win those games. They had to beat the Yankees three out of four. You know, they were making a move. It looked like to make the wild card, but I think they just fell short. Yeah. Well, you know, we always got the Patriots until until the season starts again. You know, we're talking Who's about the new GM going to be. Oh, that's a good question. You know, maybe Theo makes a comeback, huh? No, I think I think you I think they want Billy Bean, but they'll go for uh, that little chubby around guy, Joe Carey or whatever his name is. Right. Uh, well, did, the other, uh, you know, you'd be a good actor. general manager. You you told me one time it was when when Grady didn't make the pitching change. I think uh, Grady Little, uh, you would. You said you said you you would if you were the general manager you would have jumped out of your seat onto the field run out and fired <laughs> fired Grady made the exactly change at that moment at that moment I mean I've seen some moves that have spurred me to go crazy at that moment that I couldn't believe I've seen with my own eyes you know because that's the problem when I did that article on WEI for. Uh, the, the sale, Chris Sale, on what was wrong with Chris Sale. Oh, yeah, with um, Jim Hackett, yeah. Yeah, and then he went out and pitched well, but his arm fell off. But I also, in that article, I told him, don't try too much of what I said because you're physically incapable of doing it because you throw too far across your body. Yeah, he does, you, too. Yeah, when you make moves to throw properly, it, it puts a lot of strain, and I can't believe, you know, his elbow – Held up as much as he did. Well, that's so it. Throws a lot of breaks. When ball. guys throw across their body that long, wear and tear. I mean, they they, they they're flashing the so, pan because they can't continue that. On a race car, they turn the camber in so they can corner better, and uh, but it makes the tires wear out faster, and that's what Chris Sale's going through. 
He's wearing out faster than he should that's because the, of his mechanics. That's the he's rotator, coach. That's the rotator. Yeah. Right. Now, what was the key to Ferguson Jenkins? Oh, he blew his rotator out. No, no, but I mean that's that's where the wear and tear comes out. It comes. You're talking oh, about the yeah, the, the wheel, everything. It's your the your tires. Right hip. Look at <laughs> Lincica. Remember Lincica? Yes, he was he was unhittable, and then all of a sudden he's nothing. Well, what happened was his body fell apart. He was going against physics with his lower body. His father taught him to pick up five dollar bills on his follow through. Right? Yeah. After leaping off the mound. His right hip, I mean his left hip, I guarantee you he's going to have a left hip replacement before he's 40. Wow. Yeah, well, That's a good he, prediction. Let's see if that happens. Are you sure they were $5 bills, though, that he was picking up off the ground, not ones? I mean, why would you go with, why wouldn't you just go with ones? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, I know. I used to have a bunting drill with Dick Williams, and he'd leave a, he'd leave a, a $2 Canadian, uh, a $5 Canadian, a $10 and a $20 Canadian, you know, closer to the line. Yeah. And I would win all the money because I was the only good punter in the expo organization. Well, and you love that Canadian money. And by the way, too, you married a Canadian, and or, or did you marry two Canadians? <laughs> I married... I married two, and I married Diana twice without benefit of divorce. <laughs> oh, because of because the of immigration. Yeah, because of the laws. <laughs> well, you did very, very well with her from Calgary, Alberta, the Princess Diana, who we all love very much. Your wife, yeah. uh, give her my best. And well, Jim uh, Cott, you know Jim Cott's son-in-law was no, his brother-in-law. Jim Cott's brother-in-law got her into the country permanently and got her a green card. Did he have to sneak her across the border? No, no, we were. Oh, they, I, oh. they were interviewing her at the uh, the hotel in Cooperstown, Jim Cotton. And the, the boy, uh, the brother of his new wife, said, you don't sound like an American. You've got something. You're different. And Diana says, yeah, I belong to a small Canadian terrorist cell in Craftsbury, Vermont. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he laughs his ass off, whips out his bad badge and he's head of homeland security for four western states oh, man. <laughs> well at least she took the easy route that's unbelievable it is and that's how she got into the country permanently and that's how she got her green card well i'll tell you what space i i know you you're gonna try to help me get fergie jenkins on here one day soon and because I, I i love i was just mentioning this earlier in the podcast how i get along so great with red sox pitchers you raditz uh, Tion, Eckersley, you know, uh, uh, and Fergie, when we went out to dinner, he had some stories. We had him going pretty good, though, doing the Tion impersonations and uh, eating. And the weird thing was we went to Ted's where they have a big buffalo head hanging on the wall It's uh, because they have bison there. So there's this big buffalo head, and here's you and Fergie going at with stories. All we got to do is get all of you back together, Willoughby, Carbo, Rick Wise, and you, and have a, uh, a reuniting of the buffalo head gang. Wouldn't that be nice? That is so precious. The reason why pitchers like you so much is you're an easy out. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Good job, Spaceman. Good job. That was good. Well, have a great night, my friend. Say hi to Diana, all right? I sure will. And uh, look forward to you at Wayne Source's golf course. Rick Middleton, you, me. We're going to go down to Cape, uh, Cape Cod in North Falmouth. And, uh, you know, it's 250 a singleton and 1000 for a four, and they can come out and party with us. And I guarantee oh, we're going to party. It's for the homeless veterans of New England and the homeless and the disabled vets, you know, and 
I was an MP in the Army, so I just want everybody that's listening to come down to Cape Cod, go to Wayne Source's uh, fundraiser. It's at Sankaset in North Falmouth. I want everybody to come down and party with me. I don't know what day it is, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll be there, buddy. 23rd of September, and you're, and, and you're coming too, and I'm going to pay 100 bucks just to golf with you and ride in the helicopter. <laughs> and at the end of the event, I ride in the helicopter, and I drop, drop 100 golf balls on the 18th Oh, that's the contest, yeah, the, the flyover. That? Yes. That was the best round I ever played with you. Well, you that had. in Cape Cod. I, I must have hit four pins. Shot a sixty nine and got Put, hammered. You were rolling in the putts. You were, you you know you, you drank a half a bottle of tequila in, in eighteen holes and you were one over. <laughs> I, wasn't that amazing? It was ridiculous. I'm, I'm John Daly's, you know, <laughs> father. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good. I'll see you at the golf tournament. <laughs> okay, I'll see you down there. Bye bye. Space man from Craftsbury, Vermont. Boy, he's a he's a nut. We should have asked him about Van Lingo Mungo. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that. He's not going anywhere. You know, he's only seventy two. Right. He's just a young man. Um, a couple things. I don't even know. I see. This is the great thing about this podcast now. Lately, I don't even, I don't care or know how long they are. I don't have any clock. There's no clock in here. When I was doing the radio show at EEI, you know, I was always conscious of well, we got to take commercial break and we got the flash coming up and all this stuff and. Or if I'd see, you know, that oh God, we got three more hours. I got to sit here with fucking mutt. You know, one way or the other, I was always aware of the time. But in this podcast, it's just too much fucking fun, you guys, huh? I mean, it's like it's, you know. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give Ben a quiz right now. You ready? Ah, great. A quiz for Ben. Ah, All right, Ben. Yes. This is uh, define the word. <clears throat> That's not a word. Sper- sper- <laughs> perspicacious. What? Perspicacious. Can what does you, that mean? Can you use it in a sentence, please? Uh, I found out that Ben was very perspicacious. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Bill, do you know? Uh, you don't know. Well, Neither you, of you guys You're know. a very perspicacious sort of individual, Ben. So you just took what See, he nice, said yeah, and just retooled it a little Wait, bit? We, we, we find well, it. Take the, the root word. You don't know what it means. Just say, I don't know, daddy. Perspire. <sighs> perspire. <laughs> Is that, well, you you think it's perspire related? No, 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 I do not. It's from the uh, uh, 17th century. Like intuitive. Perceptive. Right on the oh, money. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a, is that a really is good percept- guess, or did you cheat and read this? She. You hide them from me. You won't even let me see. You pulled that right out of Meaning number one, highly perceptive or keen. Yeah. Number two, mm. discerning, shrewd. Mm. You, you hit that pretty good. Yeah, that's Ben. God, you guys have any earworms you want to talk about? I had an earworm today. I couldn't <laughs> get it out of my head all day. I'm what, walking what was it? You know that song by the four uh, non-blondes? Oh ho, what's going on? What's going on? You know that song? Yeah, of all course. day in my <clears throat> ear with that song, and even and I don't even like it. I'm, 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 I How did you hear that? I heard it, and I'm like, oh shit, couldn't get rid of it. So I made up my own lyrics. Just for one, I, I jumped for the saddle, and the saddle wasn't there, so I drove nine inches in the old gray mare. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? Because now that's not an earworm anymore, since I wrote it. Now you've, yeah, you, you I just you, broke the table. You, 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 <laughs> you think you broke your hand? You killed the uh, earworm. Hey, one quick riddle for Ben. Oh, what Ben? What goes? Notice how I, I keep pushing him, testing him. This, this is what ben, you got to do yep. with these young guys, that's these true. millennials. Yep. You got to push them. 
Don't really push me. <laughs> what goes up the chimney down, but won't go down the chimney up? It's a riddle. <laughs> Say it again. What goes up the chimney down, but won't go down the chimney up? Come on. Smitty, you want to? Ben's per- perspicaciousness is Smoke? kicking in. Snow? No. Fire? What goes up the chimney down, but won't go down the chimney up? You got five seconds. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> you know why Santa doesn't have never never had kids? Yeah. He only comes once a year and it's down a chimney. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, okay, no, there. no. Solve this riddle. What goes up the chimney down but won't go down the chimney up? An umbrella. It goes up the chimney down, but oh. will not go down the chimney up. That's a third grade riddle, and you that was good. couldn't you couldn't even get that. Because your perspicacious yeah. wasn't uh, clearly not wasn't locked in. Um, okay, so I don't know how how, how are we doing on time, Smitty? No, we're <laughs> Is Mutt coming in now? Is he coming to take over? We're fine. But okay. you know, have you, have you ever been driving down the road? Yes. Never. Never. Well, no. I know you no. being the Lyft driver, you never. Prob- you probably encountered these he, things. He uses a rickshaw. But let's say you're on your way to someplace. It's a dick show to you. <laughs> and being a, a Massachusetts driver, you're you're impatient. You're you simply expect traffic to move along. Yeah, swearing. Now I here swear. you are. Here's the situation. You're three cars behind as you slowly stop for a red light at a busy intersection. Okay. You wait the entire light cycle. People have to turn left. Yeah, right. Sure. You wait. You stop. <clears throat> so, finally, it turns green, but the car in the front doesn't move. You give it five seconds, and then a polite little. Beep, beep. Yeah. Right. Wake somebody up. Then the gun comes out. Well, and then a few more seconds go by and nothing happens. And then a second beep, which is the beep. Like, that's when you're on. Jesus. And then two cars start to move forward. And just big time, just before you get there, the light is red again. So two cars yeah. have made it through the light. And you're, you're the one next Now, one. is it just me or does that, like, make your blood pressure, like, go off the charts? Uh, well, just so you know, you know, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I have... Gotten out of my car and climbed up on the front of the hood of the car that did that and taken a sh- crap right on, the, right on the windshield of the car. Is that how you resolve that one? Then got off the hood of the car, reached through the window, grabbed the guy's shirt, smashed the guy in the face till his nose was bloody, and called him every name in the book. And that's on a gentle day Well, for it's me. just a, being a Massachusetts <laughs> driver. How about you following a guy uh, who's going slower than the speed limit? On a two-lane highway, right. you can't pass anywhere. The speed limit's 45, and the guy in front of you is only going about 30, right. maybe a little less. In his own world, first you think it's probably somebody's grandmother. Well, maybe it's some, some poor old lady just see, taking Until you time. see the nose hair. <laughs> well, that, but nothing changes. Finally, a turn signal appears. Mm. Oh, at last. Uh, oh, yes. geez, they're getting off the road. Now they're going to turn right. But suddenly, in order to make that right turn, the car swerves over to the left yeah. and then into the right. And then they do the very same thing. If they're going to turn to the left, they would swerve right. over to the right. What is that? That's called this vehicle makes wide turns. It's usually seen on the back of a giant truck. But when you see it, <laughs> if you don't see it, and the people are doing that, then you know they're really old or Asian. Now, how about this? <laughs> Another... <laughs> I was trying Another... to avoid the stereotype hey, I knew that's it was coming. Not... No, that's <laughs> a, that's a... everybody knows that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, there's nothing personal. Jesus. The views it's and opinions not. expressed on this program no, are his like, and only his. Jesus. I, well, come on. I'm not saying, I love Asian our, people. Our views are even I Mikey's. love them, I, unless I'm driving behind them. 
<laughs> and then I, then I'm I'm kind of tepid on it. So you're signaling singling out one specific was there is there a worse group? Well, or? we just singled out old people, blue-haired bats who well, sit low and drive slow. Why can't we single out uh, people uh, who drive poorly? All right, you might have a point. Here's another slower than uh, slower than the speed limit problem, okay? You're driving home from work, traffic's heavy, you've been there before. Yeah. You're on a two-lane highway once again, speed limit's about 45 again, but the car in front is going slow. But there are no cars in front of him for at least a quarter of a mile. Right, right. There's this great big gap. And way up ahead, you see people pulling in. It's a gap. More the line's getting mm. longer. And everything. It creates out. gaps. <clears throat> All you want them to do is pick up the pace and close the gap. Right. Mm. But it doesn't happen. No. You're trapped. Right. Again, it, almost justifiable homicide if you happen to kill them. No, I, I actually think you follow them home and beat them to death in their own <laughs> drive. Live and snot out of right? them. I and say, that, what the hell's wrong with you in a gap? By the that's way, that's appropriate. I think George Carlin said it best. And then just, just afterwards, you say, ah, mental issues, sorry. Uh, no one ever's talked about <laughs> driving better than George Carlin in one sentence. Have, he said, Have you ever noticed how anyone who drives slower than you is an idiot? And anybody who drives faster than you is a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly it. Unless they're driving just the speed you want them to, you hate them for one reason or the other. That's right. True. Good. Is he your favorite comedian of all time? He is. Okay. He's very good. Palindrome time. Ooh. By the way, special week this week, Ben. Oh, you feel good, don't you? Well, it's palindrome week. Why? Tell everybody why, Ben. Tell them why it's palindrome week. 9, 10, 19. This is being recorded on 9, 10, 19, which is a palindrome. 9, 11, 19. Is tomorrow. That's a palindrome. 9, 12, 19. Is a palindrome. And nine. we don't have to go all the way to 9, oh, 19, okay. 19, because that's, they're all palindromes. So, <laughs> Who discovered that palindrome? That's pretty amazing. Someone tweeted that to me. No, you know what? It was actually my friend Joe Stack. So the entire week is a palindrome? Me. Yeah, the whole week is a palindrome. My buddy Joe Stack. It happens Stack. every couple of years, like Joe, back in 2011, Joe. in November of 2011. Yeah, I, but I'm, no, I'm not going to sit here and fondle a fond memory of something happened eight years ago, Ben. This is today. Um, I think you appreciated Palindrome Week then. <laughs> I might have, but I don't. I'm I sure forgot about it since then. But Joe Stack loves Palindromes, too, and I brought one today. Did you? I did not. Ah, no. Smitty, I what know. the hell? What, did you work hard today? I was, I was busy uh, in the last couple of days. <laughs> what were you doing? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't. <laughs> don't tell us. So here's my palindrome of the day, of the week, whatever. The, what, what, what do we meet? We, we reconvene every week, don't we here? Yes. Okay. So here's my palindrome. You're gonna, you guys are going to love this one. It's mm. palindrome week, for God's sake. We'll be the judge of that. Yes. You're going to love this. <laughs> Mr. Owl ate my metal worm. <laughs> Mr. Owl ate my metal worm. <laughs> it's so good. We got the thing. It's a, uh. Where'd you get that one, Mikey? None of your business, because you'll you'll go there and steal them for next week, and I'll be without one. Oh, yeah, no man. going to the internet, Bill. You mean you're not writing these yourself? Some of them. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then. Well, I wrote this one today. Level. <laughs> you just wrote it on a piece of paper? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As a reminder <laughs> that was to, to myself for something. Uh, you know, I'd love to get into this driver's license in Massachusetts. It was too long. i got to do it next week or the week after yeah. or something like that. Because they're trying to give driver's license to, to illegal aliens. You know why. See, here's what I have a problem with. Immigrants are part of America's history. We're all from immigrants and all that. Immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Legal immigrants. That Those are immigrants, and we love them. Mm. Illegal immigrants are undocumented people who come here and work here illegally. You know, they, I always hear these, these liberal radio, I mean, uh, 
news channels. I was going to say, I don't think there are liberal radio stations no. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no, Not anymore. They, they all Liberal news channels saying, no one is above the law. You know, they're talking about Trump. They could be talking about Hillary or anybody. Well, you know, that hypocrisy is unbelievable. Nobody's above the law. They yeah. came, no one's above the law. You know, and then you say, well, yeah, 12 million illegal immigrants are above the law because they we were letting them stay. Not only that, we're protecting them well, in see, sanctuary cities. It's an insane – if you have a law, you have to either enforce it or get rid of it. What they do is, for you saying what you just said, they label that hate speech. But it's not, though. Of course not. I, it's, it's, but that's what they do to shut you up. Yeah, I just fix it, for Christ's sake. Anyway. Did you have a uh, an unusual uh, lift experience oh, this week? you know what? I'm glad you you asked me that. On the road again. I had such an unbelievable moment. I can't wait to get on the road again. So, yesterday. Yes. 9-10. Today's 9-10. I mean, 9 19 but it's not a palindrome. Is it? Is it a palindrome? <laughs> no. <laughs> checking lately everything's a palindrome you okay mikey i'm driving in my lift vehicle and i said i'll call smitty i haven't talked to smitty in a few days let's let's call smitty so i'm i'm in uh brookline stuck at that washington street intersection which is just oh wait first he called that's where i want to kill myself he called me i answered the phone hey mikey how's it going here's what i hear on the other end oh shit i'm in i'll call you back (laughs) right right i was stuck i was trying to because right when i was right when i just called smitty my Lift alert notification went off that someone needed a ride nearby. But I was trying to go left, and I'm in the left lane, and and, and the, the lift thing told me to go right. So now i got to cross over a couple lanes and go right through mm. the traffic. Just the kind of people we're just talking about hating. Yep, you. And <clears throat> so I said, Smitty, I'll call you back. I take a right, and I go about a mile and a half, and I pick up this nice couple who are going to Fenway Park. Very nice lady and a gentleman, her husband. And uh, they were going to Fenway to watch the Yankees and the Red Sox game. So, again, we're talking about baseball. We're talking about, you know, that I worked at WEI, whatever. And she says, or the, he, and the, the guy says, oh, you know, he, and it turns out he's a radio guy. He's, he was in radio for a long time. And he uh, worked at BZ and all these different places, right? Yep. And I said, oh, do you know Bill Smith, which is Smitty? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I wrote Jerry Williams' biography right there, Burning Up the Air, Jerry Williams' talk radio and and the life in between, written by Steve Ellman and Alan Tolls. Tolls. Yep. He wrote Jerry Williams' biography, maybe the greatest talk show hit in the history of Boston. Jerry created it. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and And he knows Bill Smith. Because Bill Smith's mentioned in that book. Yes. Wait a minute. I said, I just was, I'm, I'm talking to Smitty, and then my alarm goes off, and I'm picking up randomly a Lyft rider who happens to not only know Smitty, but wrote the book about Jerry Williams. I thought that was as cosmic a moment as I could have possibly had in Lyft mode. Things are happening to you, Mikey, that are, you know, that thing with your dad. And Carl Bean? Carl Bean, yeah. I'm telling you, I got some kind of, I think I must have ESPN. Can I go uh, to the store are- with you and we buy a lottery ticket together? Sure, yeah, yeah if you pay. I will. <laughs> Are I'm you like, dying? You're worth a buck. I might be. Okay. Well, aren't we all though? Isn't that yes. the kind of question? <laughs> we are. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the kind of question you got to ask yourself every once in a while? So we will talk about the voting thing, and I have a a, a solution to the to to to, to the voting. It's called the American Citizens Card, where you have a card and you automatically have it, and matter what you're going to do, it's your idea. I'll get into that next next podcast or sometime real soon. But we, you know, we like to close down the uh, the. <laughs> 
Well, Ben says, I don't like to close down these podcasts. Uh, we like to close the, uh, the podcast with uh, a thing called Castiglioki. Yeah, Joe, he's up in the booth right now. You, you can join him anytime. Yes, and Joe has selected as his Castiglioki uh, song of the day uh, a little number done, I think, 1970, maybe. Joe, what's the name of that tune you're going to do? It's called uh, Sp- Spill the Wine. Right, Joe? Yeah, Spill the Wine. Here we go. I was once out strolling one very hot summer's day when I thought I'd lay myself down to rest in a big field of tall grass, really tall grass. I lay there in the sun and I felt it caressing my face. I said, is that you, Joe? As I fell asleep and dreamed, I dreamed I dreamed I was in a Hollywood movie and that I was the star of the movie at Shaw's. <laughs> now this really blew my mind. The fact that me, an overfed, long-haired, leaping gnome, could be the star of a Hollywood movie. Hmm. But there I was, sitting next to Mutt, I was taken to a place called the Hall of the Mountain Kings. You've all been there, it's a big place. I stood high upon a mountaintop, naked to the world, with my with my dingle hanging out in front of every kind of girl. Every kind of girl. There were God, I'm trying to remember now, there were tall ones and long ones and short ones. There were even some brown ones and black ones and round ones and big ones and some crazy bitches. Holy shit. <laughs> you okay, Joe? Up there, you all right? Now, out of the middle came a lady. She whispered in my ear something crazy. She said, that was an E5. <laughs> That's what she said. I don't know. We were waiting for the scorers to tell us, spill the wine. Take that pearl. Spill the wine. <laughs> take that pearl. I said spill the wine. Take the pearl. Spill your coffee from Dunkin' Donuts at Shaw's Cumberland Farms. Goodbye. <laughs>